What's up, guys? Mitchell Pelkey back with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, I'm joined by number one ranked overall commit out of high school and now UVA's starting attackman, Connor Schellenberger. What's up, Shelly? How you doing, brother? What's up, Mitch? Pumped to be on, man. You know, it's been awesome following yourself the past couple of years and, uh, you know, kind of watching you blow up. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. So first career start uh, this past weekend against Towson. Um, you know, la we talked about it off air, but last time you played live was senior year of high school. How uh, how was that process, you know, putting on the jersey for the first time and getting out there? You know, it, it was definitely exciting. But, uh, you know, like I told you before, it was, it was definitely nerve wracking. Uh, Towson's a great, great team. And uh, like you said, it feels like I haven't played lacrosse in, in two years. So, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely nerve wracking. Obviously, growing up in, in Charlottesville, going to Clockner, you know, games growing up, how weird was it to really put on that jersey and look down and see Virginia across your chest? It was actually crazy. Like, stepping on the field and right before the face-off, you kind of looked around, and obviously it's not full capacity with COVID, but, you know, you see all the fans, and you're kind of like, okay, we're, we're in this, and, you know, there's no leaving now. So uh, it was definitely nerve-wracking, but um, it really was a dream come true. It's it was weird being on inside the gates this time instead of sitting outside and kind of dreaming of it. There you go. So let's start from the beginning. You know, how did you really, you know, get into the sport? So my uncle played at Randolph Macon, played football on the cross. And my mom would always, when I was two, three, she would just take me to watch the games. And, you know, I always had a stick in my hand. And growing up, I, I, be, I began playing lacrosse probably when I was three or four, right after those games. But, uh, you know, I'd always kind of gravitated towards football, to be honest. My dad was more of a football and golf guy. So um, I always enjoyed those more. But then as I got older, I realized lacrosse is probably the more realistic option going forward. And, you know, my parents, you know, they made the sacrifice to drive me up to Mad Lax when I was in fifth grade to, to pursue lacrosse to, to the full extent. And, you know, I think it was really the best decision I could, I could ever make. Okay, and like we said before, you you were actually were you born in Charlottesville, or did you just grow up there? Yeah, I was born. I was born in Charlottesville. Okay, so you you truly grew up going to you know football, basketball, and lacrosse games, right? Yeah, yeah, really. Did, since I was what four with my grandparents, and then started going to lacrosse games when I was probably five or six. Wow did uh, did any of your parents go to UVA or no? No, both my parents went to Marshall. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like you talked about Madlax, you know, how, how long away was that from your house? Gosh, that was probably, it's probably two hours. So starting at U11, you know, you'd get out of school and my mom was a teacher. So she would, she would teach from what, seven to two. And then we would hop in the car and drive two hours of practice once or twice a week when I was younger and then on the weekend. So definitely got to give, give the parents props for <laughs> the sacrifices they made. It's crazy. No, I love that. How, and obviously playing with Madlax, you know, all the way through your career, how did you kind of get connected, you know, with Madlax and Cabell? You know, I, th I think it was really my dad. Uh, like I mentioned, I think it was in fifth grade that he really just, he might've just gone on the internet. and was like looking up club teams and, Northern Virginia, there really wasn't much in Charlottesville. So, you know, we wanted to find something and I think Mad Lax might have popped up. We read kind of what they were about. He had a conversation with Cabell and then I think the next week we were like in the car on the way up to tryouts. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> did you ever kind of, you know, feel like this wasn't worth it to drive two hours? Or did, you already, did you always knew because, you know, Mad Lax was that top tier program? I think initially I was just so blown away by by the competition, the coaches, Mad Lags, and and the other guys that were my age, like realizing how good they were. 
compared to like what I'd always been around. Definitely probably two or three years in, it started to wear off a little bit. And you're like, you know, why, why are you spending four hours in the car, getting home at 11 o'clock at night, spending, you know, X amount of dollars on this. And uh, yeah, I think it definitely weared off for sure. But as you got older and we were getting recruited so young, so we, yeah. we were fortunate we got to see the payoff pretty quick. That's awesome. And, and taking that route, when you were younger, you know, was it really Madlax summer, fall, winter, take it off in spring ball? Or how, how was your kind of season go with lacrosse? My season, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't a big fall guy. So it's usually just the spring and summer. And then it's so, yeah, it's terrible. Like it's always freezing. And I'm a big Steelers fan. So we'd like tape the games. I'm rushing home. I'm, my phone's <laughs> cut off. Like, <laughs> I'm going to kill anyone who says the score. So yeah, we're like watching the games at 11. So yeah, I wasn't a big fall guy and we were just playing in the spring and summer and then growing up I played football in the fall. So yeah, I kind of okay. liked that. Okay. So then obviously like you kind of hit on it there with the recruiting process for us, obviously different now, but you know, that summer going into freshman year high school was the biggest summer and, and kind of coming in, you commit to Hopkins on, on July 1st, 20, 2015. You know, kind of walk us through that recruiting process of when coaches, you know, really started to reach out. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was really bizarre. I mean, we finished up with the spring that year when I was in eighth grade. And then, I mean, we probably played you most of those games. And yeah. It was like first tournament going into to freshman year. There were probably 50, 60 coaches at that Platinum Cup tournament. And I remember just stepping on the field and I was looking around. It was like Coach Sargia, Coach Desco. And was, yeah at like still what 14 years old so it was just, just bizarre getting those those phone calls and texts and being able to visit those schools I think it was um looking back on it I I can't imagine like even gathering the, the information to make a decision at that age and especially understanding like my maturity level now at 20 yeah. uh, at 14 it just my priorities were definitely not there. <laughs> so different. So when you first got those calls, you know, were you playing any summer ball? Or was it right after your spring ball ended, you started getting calls? I think it was right after the Platinum Cup. Yeah. It might have been, might have been like Hopkins and Army. And then I think the dominoes just started to fall from there. Obviously, UVA was at the time probably, that was my dream. So I went to the UVA camp the following week and, and that sparked some things. So... Yeah, it was really after that, and uh, things just kind of fell afterward. So making that decision, you know, to, to commit to Hopkins, what really went in all that? I know, obviously, you said Virginia being your dream school. And at the time, Dom was on his way out. Everyone kind of knew that. So why did you make that decision to commit to Hopkins? Yeah, I think that was a tough thing was Coach Stargia. Nobody kind of knew how, how much longer he had, and Obviously, he was a big draw to me. I, I grew up idolizing him and yeah. what he had done here at UVA. So that was probably the toughest part about the recruitment. It was like, this is my dream, but, you know, how much longer? And well, I like the new coach, and that creates a lot of chaos. But, um, yeah, Hopkins, I think it was just Coach Petro, the way he recruited and, you know, the facilities, the tradition, you know, lacrosse is the sport. And in eighth grade, that was a big selling point. He kind of – he could sell that when you come here, lacrosse is going to be the main thing. And, that's kind of the focus of the school. So that was pretty cool. And then, you know, I just had a lot of respect for Coach Petro and, and the values that he that he talked about and the way he treated his players. So I was a big fan of him. Yeah, and, and going on that, 
how many visits did you go on in that in that summer before committing to Hopkins? I think before committing to Hopkins, I only took I went to UVA, Carolina, and Hopkins. It was kind of tough because you know, I, to some extent, you do want to visit everywhere. But I think my parents did a great job, and they were kind of like just narrow down that that five to six that you want to talk to, and then those three to four that you want to visit. And you know, to be honest, that helped me at the time. I was fourteen make a make a decision that was a lot tougher than it's so weird uh, to think back now like with the new recruiting rules guys are committing at like 17 and and we were doing it at 14. so it's definitely weird to think about if you go back and look at the pictures of like us or watch our highlights (laughs) tapes like like literally just these young kids that are playing it's so it's so weird but obviously after you commit you know you were the one of you were one of the first people in our class to commit i remember when I, I was playing golf with Musa, when you committed to Hopkins, I was like, wow, because I was even shocked you didn't commit to Virginia off the start just from growing up there and, and going to stab and everything. But obviously now your name's in the spotlight, freshman season at St. Anne's Belfield. You know, how did you deal with, with all the pressure? I think it was definitely new, but it was almost a good thing because I was so young that I really didn't feel it, to be honest. It was still, it was still like freshman year of high school and, and I was just having fun. Uh, there's no pressure to get in college applications or or prove anything to the national world across the world just because I was still so young and there wasn't really like a national eye on me I guess yeah outside of our class but um you know I really lucked out at stab I had I had some of my best friends there Joe and Philip Robertson and Jack Schultz and coach Cariello who that freshman year was basically just like let's just work hard and you know whatever happens happens yeah, no, I love that. And then the next summer following, we actually played on the same Under Armour underclassman game. I remember that like that was yesterday. That was a sick that was event. Good. And then in the fall, you know, you decommit from Hopkins, you know, making that decision. You know, why that decision? Did you finally find out, you know, who UVA's new coach was going to be and, and all that? Or was it honestly just you weren't happy with the, the way Hopkins was going? Yeah, so crazy thing is I'm sitting in my basement watching the Final Four game, Maryland versus Brown. I'm, like, sitting there with my mom. Was, I think it was a semifinal game. And I think Maryland won an yeah, OT 60 to 15 or something. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting there with my mom, and, and I'm like, I would love to play in that system for those coaches, but not at Brown, just because academically I'm probably not there. And then it just so happens a month or two later, he takes the job at UVA and you know, all of a sudden that's like crazy possibilities is actually there. That's crazy. You know, that kind of, world. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And, um, yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, dang, this is, uh, now my dream is kind of alive again. Like this is the coaching staff that I, I didn't know much about, but I, I loved from what you could see and what, what yeah. they said on TV. So yeah, it was, it was a, it's a great opportunity that I felt like I had to at least look at. So then you, you decommit and then, you know, commit to UVA two weeks later. In that time period, did you visit any of the schools besides UVA? Yeah, so I visited I visited UVA and Duke, and that was it. So that whole process was – that was probably the weirdest week or two of my life, to be honest. The, Why would you that say conversation that? With Coach Petro, that conversation with Coach Petro was probably – that's probably the toughest 10 minutes I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially what were you – 15, 16, still a young buck, like having that conversation where you got to tell a coach that you don't want to go to their school. I mean, I think that'd be hard for anyone, but the fact that you're a young kid is, is definitely hard. 
and in making that decision to UVA, you know, why, what, what kind of tracked you towards UVA and not so much towards Duke? To be honest, it was probably just, well, going back to the coaches, I mean, if you looked at the way Brown played, you know, they're up, up the tempo, uh, the way their tackling played, you know, goal scorers, bunch of shots, they don't care about turnovers. So just the freedom that the team, I felt like they played with. And then, I mean, it was, it was hard to choose against Duke, though. I mean, that's, they got everything. That's definitely one of the best programs there is by far. But um, I think it was more of just the hometown, you know, realizing yeah. that I had the possibility of living out my dream. There you go. I love that. I love that. So getting to the moment of, of you committing and you're finally at your dream school, you know, what was your kind of schedule and, and workout routine and six go routine, you know, throughout your life and kind of coming up to get into that point? You know, did you kind of have a set routine or did you honestly just pick it up every day and attack it? Probably a big routine guy, to be honest. So once I got in high school on the weekends, there was a lot of, you know, just going out with my dad. He's, you know, he's one of the guys that helped me get into this game and he doesn't know much about lacrosse, but, you know, he knew a lot about my fundamentals particularly. And, you know, he would just sit there and throw me balls for hours and I'd shoot them and any little thing he saw, he could comment on. And then, like I said, uh, Joe and Philip Robertson, they helped me get into the weightlifting and the running so we do that before or after in high school so you now i would i would attribute those guys and then obviously my dad to kind of create a routine that i could follow in high school i love that and and what was the biggest aspect you think you needed to work on in high school was it getting bigger was it was it working on your offhand was it getting faster what do you think that was for you i think it was a combination of everything definitely definitely getting faster definitely getting bigger no, I think I think that happens naturally a little bit though as you go as you get older in high school, you know, start to mature a little bit. But um, yeah, definitely work the off the off hand, you know, hit the wall 300 to 500 times a day, and you know, do all you can to get that better. And, and then just I think just grow, like understanding the game better, you know, watching film with our offensive coordinator Nate Nate Rollman, who's who's been a big part of my success, you know late night, he's sending me texts at 11, 11:50, you know, you see this, you see this from the college games or pro pro guys, little little moves that they're doing. So, you know, just stuff like that. Always, always kind of being around the game and, uh, you know, just having fun with it. That's awesome. And growing up, were you a big, like you said, film guy? You know, would you sit down on a Saturday and, and watch college across all day? I think I always try to leave college across. Obviously, you can watch it and you take little things while you're watching it. But, you know, I think I just want to have more fun. Whenever I watch lacrosse, I feel like I just want to have fun. Unless it's my own self, then I'll, I'll really break that down or who we're playing or if I want to see some little thing from a from a guy that's really good. But um, you know, I've always just tried to really enjoy the game and, and have fun with it. And, you know, it kind of goes back to when we were kids, when we were six or seven, we'd, at least I would. I would watch college lacrosse and then, you know, I'm out in the yard trying to replicate what Seal Samick would do or like the Bitters would do. Like, just, yeah. It was that fun YouTube kind clips. Of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and kind of hitting on the fun topic, you know, with us, obviously, like we hit on earlier, you know, the early recruiting, do you truly think, you know, that summer of going into freshman year, obviously our big summer getting recruited and the college coaches lined up on the sidelines, do you think it was more fun or honestly just more like pressure? Like this is our time to shine. Like the, these tournaments, I remember the big four tournament, there was so many coaches there and like, if we didn't perform like that was our future on the line. Yeah, it was just I think kind of took some of the fun out of it because now <laughs> instead of like after the game you're talking with your buds about your buds and your parents about like what colleges are recruiting or maybe they're not now because you didn't put up 
certain amount of goals. So yeah, it's just like like you said, it took the fun out of it. And you know, we were fourteen or fifteen, and there was there was just no reason for it for it to be like that. Yeah, it should have been should have been some of the best time times of our lives. No, I totally agree. Well, let's fast forward. You know, sophomore year of of high school at Stab, you kill it. You know, you almost triple your points, which you had freshman year, and you finished with 121. You know, what was the mindset from freshman year to sophomore year that that really changed and put you up in that plus 100 point category? Yeah, there was just a huge leap mentally. I felt like um, I really, I think that was the that was the fall that I really started to take lacrosse. I think to the next level for me, like physically and, and probably mentally okay I want to I want to go all in on this and you know, I really worked hard and I've mentioned I mentioned Joe Robertson a lot but he was by far the the best leader I've ever had and you know that fall we we really got after it and you know we started going to the weight room four to five times a week and you know we're shooting every day and you know that had a big part of it and then I was I was so fortunate to play with him and Jack Schultz on that attack line for for stab and you know that made it that made it so much easier to play because, you know, those guys were so good. Yeah. In junior year, you, you decided to step away from stab and attend Bullis. You know, is that a hard decision to make? Obviously, like we talked about growing up in Charlottesville, stab right there, and now you're going to Bullis? Yeah, definitely. That, the 10 minutes with Petro was probably my, my toughest <laughs> 10 minutes of my life, and the Bullis year was probably the toughest year of my life, to be honest. It was – I grew up an only child, so – super close to my parents and making that decision to go to Bullis was uh it was a tough one but it was, it was so worth it at the end and I'm so I wouldn't change any of it to be honest it was uh the people that I met and you know the way they treated me up there was was awesome and how long was that drive for you that drive was probably it was probably around two hours but you know once we got in the spring I was I was staying up there most weekends and and um so it wasn't bad but it was also kind of like you want to see your parents, so uh, they would come up a little yeah. bit, and you, know, you just had to make things work. But it was definitely a hike. So that that fall, would you go up there? Would you drive two hours each day, or I guess four? Or no? Would no, you do, so like, I stay, stay a week. With, uh, yeah, I would just stay. I would stay the week or or two weeks or three weeks, whatever it was, and then I guess whenever I wanted to, I just decided to go home and, and spend the weekend at home and just drive right back. So it was crazy. Damn, that's a lot of driving. So obviously that junior year is pretty iconic. You know, you and Robert and the rest of the boys kill it when the IAC championship. You know, you received Washington Post All-Met Player of the Year and a bunch of other awards. You know, what, what was the difference between Bullis and Stab that kind of stood out to you in that year and whether that's, you know, play styles or how they run the program or what kind of stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, I just think – I think Bullis had a bigger pool for sure. You know, you can't – I don't want to discredit anything that Stab does, but this – like it's just a it's a fact that they have a bigger pool to pull from. So, you know, you can get kids from Maryland, DC, Virginia that that want to come here for the cross. So I think that was really eye opening when when the first day there was eighty kids at tryouts and we probably had like twenty five kids on our varsity team at Sab. So it was like it's like, okay, we got a lot of kids that want to play here and so that was pretty cool for me. I think one of the bigger differences was the coaches. Like for the first time in my life I had coaches who were who had been around lacrosse for most of their life and um, had played at, you know, the highest level and, and uh, really loved the game and would do anything for for all of us. And then senior year, you decided to come back to STAB. You know, coming back, obviously you said that year was was, was tough on you because you're an only child. You know, you missed your family and everything. Why making that decision to come back? 
not that I was satisfied with what I'd done at Bullis, but pretty much I kind of was. You know, I felt like I'd, I'd met the people. I'd kind of done what I wanted to do at Bullis. So uh, I just, it, I didn't feel the need to, to drive up there two hours there, two hours back on the weekends and, and miss time for my family. You know, I figured I'd have four years at UVA where I'd be on my own and be away from my family. So, um, yeah, I just figured, you know, go home, have fun your senior year. I had a pretty serious girlfriend at the time, so, you know, be with her, and it was, uh, you know, I'm glad I made that decision. It was a fun year. Okay. I love that. And being ranked, you know, number one in the, in the class, um, going into that senior year and eventually going into college, you know, now the pressure's real. You, you've known that you've been number one, you know, for, for four years now. You know, how did that, you know, really go into your last season of really making a mark? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of pressure going into college, and I think that had a big – had a big influence on my decision to redshirt. It was weird in the fall. I said this to a lot of people that for some reason I felt like I had to prove something to my teammates that, that I really didn't. Like nobody cared. To be honest, nobody cared about my ranking or like they didn't need me to prove that I was this, I was worthy of like the cover up inside the cross. Like that was all yeah. just stuff that I felt like I was making up in my head. And, you know, at the end of the day, they just wanted to, you know, they just wanted me to be me out on the field and, and I think coming back from winter break last year after I decided to redshirt, I finally noticed that and able to understand that. And, uh, you know, I kind of took the burden of, of all the pressure off of pressure, me. Yeah. And then it was just back to back to having fun playing lacrosse. And luckily, I've kind of been able to carry that through uh, through quarantine into this past fall and spring. And you now we're just having fun now. So it's about that's good. And, and, and kind of going off that, obviously you finish your senior season and get selected for the Under Armour All-American game. Really, like, every lacrosse player's dream besides, you know, playing top-tier ball. You know, how cool of an experience was that? That, that was awesome. Those, those three or four days were – those were probably one of, the, one of the coolest experiences I've ever been a part of, for sure. You know, the gear that they gave us, the way they made us feel with all the media and all that stuff. So it was hard to top that experience, to be honest, and – you know, getting to play on Hopkins and a and a night or a home run on a night night game on ESPN yeah, with the uh, best players was uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. And what would you say? You know, kind of going back to your four years of high school, what would you say was the best part? Was it that UA game? Was it that championship, or, or was it really that number one overall rank? It's going to sound cheesy, but I I'm sure you can relate to this. Like when you look back on high school, I don't even think about. The championships or really any of that i it's more just you know going to Being shoot with with the guys yeah. yeah with like with your guys like going to shoot with the robertsons and schultz after after school and you know late night under the lights nobody's there nobody's around we're just having fun or you know whether it's going with robert shane at bullis and, and shooting late night or you know just having fun in the locker room after wins like i feel like that's the stuff you actually remember and yeah i mean obviously the the wins are awesome but you know, it's, it's the fun stuff. Yeah, it's definitely those little things, but for sure. So you get to UVA in the summer, um, and obviously we kind of talked about how surreal that moment would be. But, you know, making that decision, you kind of hit on it there of redshirting. You know, was that a hard decision, or was that, a, was that a decision, you know, Lars came to you with, or did you come to him with, or how did that kind of all go down? Uh, it was definitely a hard decision. Um, you know, I think he, he brought it up to me, and, I was almost relieved that he did because it kind of had been on the back of my mind, to be honest. So it was almost like we were seeing eye to eye, but, um, you know, just going into this season, I felt like I, I could have a role, 
to be honest, they just didn't need me. And yeah. it wasn't like an ego thing. Like I fully accepted it. And, you know, we had Doc Aiken, Matt Moore, we had Krause, we had all these guys coming back. Cormier was had an awesome fall. So, you know, they didn't need me. And uh, it kind of afforded me the time to kind of get my get my legs back and, yeah. and have sure a good spring. Position. No pressure. And, and, and kind of, you know, taking that leap of faith, but then everyone ultimately, you know, basically redshirted at the same time. Did that kind of like stab you in the back or did you kind of like regret that decision? I mean, obviously you can look back now and say, yeah, but you know, in the moment you probably didn't think about all that. Yeah. Looking back, it's like you could have had a, a free six or seven games, which, yeah. which obviously would have been nice, but um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to look back and, and say anything like that, but um, yeah, it would have been nice to get some experience, but I, I wouldn't change how it played out to be honest. Obviously with, uh, COVID everyone had a tough swing. So. Okay. And then we kind of hit on it uh, in the beginning, but, you know, you getting your first career start um, this past weekend against Towson, you know, putting on the jersey and playing at Clockner has been, you know, a real dream for you. But, you know, to really, you know, play and, and you score with that opening goal, you know, after after that, that you hit that goal, did the nerves kind of go away? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I was glad I played out like that, to be honest. I got two shots kind of in that first minute and you know, after after you touch the ball and, and you get the ball out of your stick, it, everything kind of goes away and, and you feel like you're back in high school or, or on the club field. So, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely nice to calm the nerves a little bit in that first minute and, and uh, be able to show some emotion. There we go. Well, well, Connor, I appreciate you coming on Pelk Talk, man. This this means a ton to me. I mean, obviously going up against you for years and years with Madlax and FCA, it's it's been a battle, but, you know, I think our friendship is is definitely one for here, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Uh, you know, it, it really has. It's been awesome watching watching your brand grow. And you know, it's funny. Everyone here is always asking me, like, do you know Mitchell Pelkey? Do you watch stuff on YouTube? And it's like, yeah, obviously.